the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is The Rob Black Show. I'm going to try not to turn the show into a daily Elon Musk versus Twitter. What I'm going to tell you is I own no shares of Twitter directly. And I think it's risky. And I think that is a very damaged internet super highway company that probably may be roadkill for a bit of time. I think Elon Musk has messed it up with his ego. I think there's a lot of real people with real jobs. And I can't imagine the young couple that were like, we're going to move to San Francisco and get a job at Twitter. And we're going to make our future together. We're going to use stock options. so We can buy a house and have like, there are real consequences to what he's doing. And he seems oblivious and I get it. If I had that kind of money, I'd be a lot more oblivious in theory, but you can count on me being me because I love you. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying, baby? Um, today, we're seeing pressures on earnings. We're in earnings season. Earnings season happens every 90 days on Wall Street. First quarter is January, February, March. So we learn about that in April. Second quarter is April, May, June. So we learn about it in July. You get the idea. Usually, the most important earnings season is the one that we're in. But I'd also like to say, if we're up to me, I want to be that focused in a micro time. But the, the important one would be obviously Christmas um, and the spending that America puts on, as that's when retailers for the year break even more often than not. PepsiCo kicked off earnings season with better than expected results, reaffirming their inputs, share guidance, and raising organic revenue guidance. See, corporations are individuals, and this is one area where I've probably gotten 10 to 12 emails in the last two to three months of people who are like, I want to sit on the sidelines. I, I, I want to see where the market goes. I, I don't want to be, okay, I cannot give you advice. I've never once sat on the sidelines. I've only seen people do that, make huge mistakes, and never get back in. So you're on your own. Sit on the sidelines, sir. Pull up a chair and watch. Let me create more wealth than you. Let me become more attractive to spouses than you. Let my children become more attractive. Like, if you want to sit on the sidelines, history is not on your side. But Pepsi did a pretty nice thing with their earnings, in my opinion. So you kind of pay attention to Pepsi. You know, we're going to get some financials later this week. We're going to get a reading on CPI tomorrow. And that's important. And when I say the most recent earnings quarter is probably the most important earnings quarter, that's for people who really watch this stuff on a month-by-month kind of basis, day-by-day. For you, the average household soccer mom or the stay-at-home dad or the engineer at Tesla, whatever you are, you're probably best living your life maxing out your 401k and trying to incorporate a budget into saving a little bit more money. Yeah, so we're going to be focused on earnings. We're going to be focused on the CPI number. We're going to be focused on 
oil. Oil is starting to play with a hundred dollar handle, leaving that 110, 115. Unleaded gasoline futures are falling this morning down 4.8%. Natural gas futures are up. Natural gas is heavily played out in the sphere of Europe right now. Um, that's going to be an interesting one. If, if I were a gambling man, and I am not a gambling man, during the summer of the pandemic, I turned $300 into <clears throat> almost like 4000 3700 before I ended up quitting in horse racing because we're all confined to living inside. And my business day would end at two or three. And my spouse is like, what do we want to do today? Like, well, let's watch horses and bet 25 cents. Can't bet 25 cents, so you bet a dollar. And you just kind of kill your day that way. But that's the most gambling I've done ever. And it was with a very low cost. And I did well. Not going to quit my regular job for it because I'm not that kind of crazy. I'm crazy. I'm just not that kind of crazy. Um, there's a lot of people out there giving really, really bad advice. And one of them that I don't really, really like is Dave Ramsey. Now, this is unfortunate because he happens to have a religious tone and it makes it sound like I'm picking on him for that. But he quotes the Bible. You know, don't steal from Peter to pay Paul. I, I get it. It's a way of identifying your audience and, and relating to them. But he said, if you can't afford a 15-year mortgage, you can't afford a house. And most people in the financial industry will disagree and be correct. Dave Ramsey says, if you can't afford the payment on a 15-year mortgage, you can't afford the house. Experts say the 30-year fixed rate mortgage is a much better gauge for borrower affordability. I just think he oversimplifies his advice. And I think he's catering to a religious crowd, which is totally acceptable. I get it. But I don't think he's giving the best advice to a swath of people. I think he's giving a, the best advice to a bullet shot of people. Ramsey suggests implies that potential buyers should not purchase a home if they cannot afford the monthly payments that would allow them to be debt-free in 15 years. He believes in buying a car with cash. I don't. Now, I don't like new cars. I like used cars. But if you could finance at 1.99%, that's fine. If you could finance at 3%, that's fine. Knowing that you're probably not maximizing your savings when you're, when you're managing debt, he's got some right. But in the end, to be realistic, I think a 30-year mortgage is, is a great way for the average American to create wealth. I've got a friend who he's never had a lot of extra money. His spouse has never created like a high-paying income for the family. So she'll literally do janitorial work while he's doing a white-collar job. So they don't have a lot, but what they do have is they've paid off their mortgage, their 30-year mortgage over the last 22 years that I've known them. And that's where a majority of their wealth is. So Ramsey would be wrong with them because they didn't have the money for a 15-year mortgage. They didn't have the monthly servicing of that. It's not, nothing is ever perfect. Nothing is ever correct. There's only compromises when it comes to finances. So I don't like a lot of clear-cut conciseness. Uh, you and I are different, but ultimately, we have the same goal. Let's get to retirement. You and I have different cost structures. You and I have different risk levels. You and I have different experiences. So I'm not a big fan of, if you can't afford a 30-year, 15-year, then get a 30-year. No, then get nothing. Like, No, it's part of playing the game to move forward.
Find me online at robblackshow.com. A straightforward approach to managing your money. The Rob Black Show. Questions about how to invest in your retirement? Check out robblackshow.com and get in on the conversation. Subscribe to the podcast and video channels. No one cares more about your money than you do. It's time to start to feel good about your financial future. RobBlackShow.com. RobBlackShow.com. July 12th, 2022. Let's get you to retirement is the name of the game on this show. Let's take a look at the news, but let's not forget that investing is just as important as understanding your insurance, which is just as important as understanding your income is just as important as saving money. I had a list of two or three things that I wanted to get for Amazon Prime. They were, albeit a little bit of luxuries in my life. I'm not going to go out looking for foot massagers or bath gels that effervesce into this incredible, nice smelling lavender scent and treat for my life. I only get what I need. Kind of frugal. Not frugal when I vacation, not frugal when I, we go out to eat but frugal when my day-to-day. I'll wear a fleece till it falls off my body, but you don't really care about that, do you? So the Fed is probably going to snuff out an economic rebound is one of the thoughts from financial media. The economy was rebounding. We have good unemployment. Uh, We have stubbornly high inflation, but we're starting to see some positives in the supply chain and we're starting to see some positives as well from corporate america pepsi came out with earnings today they're pretty darn good now again how do they do it they had the higher inflation cost of shipping their product across the country they had the higher shipping costs uh, uh, of making their product shipping their product getting the plastics for from oil to to develop their their business model They just gave us smaller packaging with less goods in it at a slightly higher price. They know that you'll take a 5 to 10 cent increase in the price of a soda. You won't take a 25 to 50 cent increase. So they have to cut cost elsewhere as well. Very well done, PepsiCo. BlackRock is saying the Fed's probably going to snuff out an economic rebound. When they raise interest rates in July, we're going to have a, we'll be one step closer. Tomorrow, when the CPI, Consumer Price Index, comes out, we'll be one step closer. As we start earnings season for 2022, the spring months will be one step closer. Goldman Sachs is on slate for this week. Morgan Stanley will have a better understanding of the consumer. Pepsi says the consumer is still consuming. That's a good story. That's a good one. Um, volumes are down a little bit, but not huge. Twitter's lawyers say Elon Musk's attempt to abandon his $44 billion takeover is invalid and wrongful. I spent um, a couple minutes using that word wrongful yesterday to see if I could use it, how many times I could use it in a sentence. Twitter's lawyer says that the deal constitutes a repudiation of their obligations under the agreement. This is going to get a Delaware court. It's going to happen pretty quickly. The Delaware court is typically not necessarily friendly to the rich billionaires, but Elon Musk will be well-represented with lawyers. The only way he gets out of this deal is be a well-represented with lawyers. 
one of the things I don't like about Elon Musk is he does have a million followers and I'm fine with that. But he's also very influential to men under the age of 30. And I think some of his actions are not those of the definition of a what I would want from my leaders and my influencers on people under the age of 30. Um, I think he's a little bit too aggressive. I think he's a little bit too know-it-all, which is great because he has the money to back it up, but most young men don't. I would not be using him as a mentor, and I do not want my children to use him as a mentor. So in my house, I talk to him about him as a wackadoodle who's done some really amazing things, but nonetheless, a wackadoodle. You never, ever, ever have to make fun of Twitter. You never, ever, ever have to make fun of presidents. I don't see that as helping you get by. Um, every now and then, my kids will start making fun of a kid, um, whether it's a screen name and a body size issue. I'm like, cut it out. I will not put up with that. Amazon is quietly developing cancer vaccines. If successful, a new vaccine would be a more personalized, precise treatment for breast and skin cancers. This is in phase one. This is going to take easily four to five years before we know. A personalized neo-antigen peptide vaccine, very similar to the way uh, Germany's BioNTech developed some of their uh, efforts with COVID. Going with the mRNA approach, a vaccine or a shot to help fight skin cancer and breast cancer would be preferable to the one-size-fits-all chemotherapy. As a, as a man whose father went through chemotherapy, it's brutal. So I'm not going to fall in love with this. No way. I'm going to say that Amazon is an online retailer who's pushed in the pharmaceutical industry, primary care business, in-house diagnostic labs, health tracking device called Halo in recent years. This is their first example of potentially helping sponsor a drug test. What are they doing in the test? They're contributing scientific and machine learning and expertise to a partnership with Fred Hutch to explore the development of a personalized treatment for certain forms of cancer. This may go nowhere. This may be a medical breakthrough. I am glad that Amazon is doing it. For all you can hate on Amazon, and trust me, it's plenty. I'm glad they're doing it. In the world of Scary Scary, an AI bot wrote a scientific paper on itself in less than two hours. The algorithm known as GPT-3 wrote a 500-word academic thesis about itself. Um, and it's kind of opening a Pandora's box. Can you imagine how cheating is going to happen in the, the near future? But also, science is starting to realize that it's science and starting to understand its place in the world. Let's see. This is a good story that's going to sound kind of evil. More layoffs are underway. Live event startup Hopin valued at $7.8 billion is laying off 29% of its staff. Oracle Advertising laid off about 60 employees, causing some to lose out on restricted stock units that were about to invest. Rivian Electric Vehicle Makers cutting 5% of their staff. So we're hearing more on the fringe of our economy. Companies that are startups, that's why they're on the fringe. They're not mainstream. These aren't huge job cuts. In this case, live events hop in cutting 29%. That's a pretty big one. Oracle advertising, as you can imagine, 
from the name of it. Cutting 60 employees. It's big, but it's not significant. It's interesting that we have to go through some weakened earnings and then we're going to have to go through some job cuts for us to say, oh yeah, this looks like a traditional cycle. Back to school retail sales will climb just 1% this year to $67.46 billion. E-commerce back to schools will grow, uh, commerce will grow 6.8% to $28.1 billion. E-commerce is about 41% of back to school sales. Do you remember back to school sales as a kid? I do. I loved them. Um, Walmart, Amazon, Target, you're going to hear a lot of BTS, even though today is the official start of Amazon Prime Day, which somehow covers three calendar days. So it should be named something else, right? Let's talk money. Let's get you to retirement. That's the name of the game on the show. There is a wealth accumulation phase of your life and there's a wealth management. Let's do the wealth accumulation. When it's time for wealth management, I consider hiring for it. Need a referral to a CFP? Let me know. Rob at robblackshow.com. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. Asset classes are being brought down, whether it's assets like digital currencies, cryptocurrencies, down 60% year over year, whether it's tech stocks, big tech stocks like Meta, Apple, Google, Microsoft. You could find another five to 10 names after that easy. But these asset classes are coming down. One asset class that's really tough to read because you don't have buyers and sellers each and every day. They're not printed in newspapers, but new home sales and, and home values. New home sales declined now for a fourth consecutive month in May. Month over month basis, seasonally adjusted new home sales fell down 2.3%, posting the fourth consecutive month over month decline. Some of the data that we're getting inside of the housing market is that more new homeowners, no, more new home buyers are canceling. We put it a bid, we don't want it anymore because we've looked at our financing and it no longer works. Price cuts are widespread. Falling demand is cooling construction cost pressures. I heard one builder say traffic slowed from red hot, but it feels kind of different, but it feels actually just normal. Some folks are hopeful home buyers may look to news of a slowdown in the housing market as a positive sign for future prospects. Um, I wouldn't read too much into it. I think real estate is a local market more often than not. But I do think the higher rates are making it much more difficult to afford what you want. So you're either going to look at a smaller version, which is similar to what PepsiCo has done. You want a 12-ounce soda, you're going to get an 11-ounce. You want the six ounces of cereal, we're going to put a 46 ounces of cereal. We're going to turn it into 44 ounces of cereal and put it in the same exact box or even a smaller box. So we can save on the cardboard and save on the packaging and save on the ingredients. Pepsi had a brilliant quarter. No big notable companies to report tonight, but tomorrow we're going to get consumer price inflation. Um, I don't think that's the end all be all, but it's a big headline right now. And years past, I'd say the jobs number is more important than the inflation number, but the inflation number is more important than the jobs number right now. 
PepsiCo has raised their revenue forecast as it deploys price hikes, smaller sizes, to fight rising costs. I think that's a nice story. Big question mark. Real estate agents flock to the profession in 2021. Will that trend continue? One thing that I hate, and I don't know if you hate this, but all the reality shows on real estate, oh, I could not care less. I could not care more, or I don't know what I could care. I just don't like it. Membership the National Associated Realtors grew from 1.4 million at the end of 2020 to 1.56 million at the end of 2021. I know way too many bad, bad real estate agents, and I'm not picking on you. You know this yourself. Every industry, every mechanics industry, there's good mechanics, there's bad mechanics. I've seen more bad real estate agents added to the industry through the years. I personally, what I like in a real estate agent is someone who grew up in the market that you're looking at. Someone who is not necessarily part of a team, someone who has survived on their own, someone who may not be picking you up in a Lamborghini to show you how successful they are, or may not have the best clothes on, just get clothes. I'm not looking for flaunting of, of success because a lot of times that's done on credit cards. The median gross income of realtors increased to $54,300 in the last year from $43,300 in 2020 with home prices skyrocketing. Got to sell fewer homes to make the same amount of money until that industry squeezes out more of the margins. A realtor with 16 years more experience had a median gross income of $85,000 up from $75,000 in 2020. Those are big income jumps. A lot of people are switching careers to real estate. Realtors frequently have had careers in other fields. Typically, business, management, financial professionals, sales. Only 4% of realtors have indicated that real estate was their first career. Typical real estate agent has about 12 transactions in 2021, up from 10 in 2020. The area that I'm at right now, I'm at my mountain home. And just walking down some of the, the streets, you can see sell for home for sale for talking to locals. They're like, it's over. During COVID, people quit the big city to come here, bought homes, overpaid. Now they're selling their homes here. They're not getting what they're asking for. And they're lowering their prices. Pretty interesting how realtors make it on the way up and realtors make it on the way down. Typical real estate professional was a 56-year-old white female who attended college and was a homeowner. 66% of all realtors are female, up from last year's 65%. 15% of realtors had a previous career in management. 77 of realtors are white. 80% of realtors, 11% of realtors are Hispanic. 8% of realtors are Black African Americans. 77% white Caucasian. So if you're a Pacific Islander, there's only 5% of realtors out there who are Asian Pacific Islanders. Um, and we do, I think that's an industry where I know I have a friend who's a realtor for uh, Islanders slash Chinese. And she does very, very well. And I asked her, I said, how many are Clients are Caucasian white, and she goes, none. Like, none? Very few. Interesting, right? Bitcoin prices are below 20,000 again. It could keep dropping, is the analysis on Wall Street today. The largest crypto Bitcoin made significant gains with a rally into last weekend, changing hands as high as 22,000, but since fallen back 
18,000 that was hit in a trough of a sell-off in mid-June is in sight. A lot of times money likes to test where it once was. So if it can go back to 18,000 again and hold, that's going to be a good sign. Not necessarily definitive, but a good sign that ah, people aren't selling below 18,000. Paying elsewhere in the crypto world, Ether down 5.8% today. Solano down 3% today. Dogecoin down 3%. Bitcoin continues to trade at less than one-third of its all-time high. Just capped off its worst quarter since 2011. Route has created cracks in the crypto industry. But you know, to be fair, crypto is not that far off from where it was two and a half years ago. The NASDAQ's not that far off from where it was two and a half years ago. The S&P 500 is not that far and half where it was two and a half years ago. The real estate market hasn't budged lower. If it were to go back to two and a half years ago levels, people would be shocked and awed. Just throwing that down there for you. Peloton Interactive is higher today. The at-home fitness company is going to stop building its bikes and treadmills at its own factories. And it's made a relationship with a Taiwanese manufacturer. Um, trying to cut down their supply chain, trying to outsource as much as they can because they couldn't do it properly. 30. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Thanks for listening to the show. Need help with your financial plan? Drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. Find us at robblackshow.com. Robblackshow.com. So you know that there's a unionization push going on. I was doing some research on Starbucks yesterday on is now the time to buy. And something that caught my attention was Hawaii's minimum wage is going to be $18 an hour in 2028. Unionization, unionization, minimum wage. Our federal government could help the living wage debate by raising the minimum wage. States are already doing this. Again, when you get into federal rights and state rights, I get it. Is there a difference between hiring a worker in Hawaii and hiring a worker in Arkansas? Probably. So $18 an hour by the year 2028, the minimum wage will increase gradually where it is from right now, $10.10 to $12 on October 1 until it reaches $18 on January 1, 2028. Hawaii is the first state in the United States to enact an $18 minimum wage. But if labor shortages persist, other states may follow suit and raise their minimums. Possibly sooner than 2028, higher minimum wages will impact retailers. So my investment thesis in my head when I was looking at Starbucks yesterday, I'm like, Howard Schultz is back and he's probably going to beat this union thing. He's going to probably explain to employees what, why he thinks this. Tesla's having problems with unions. Amazon's having problems with unions. Starbucks is having problems with unions. I think all that unions typically want is more wages. Maybe it's more healthcare, but typically speaking, and that may not be the most fair thing for me to say, but if the federal government were to kind of wake up and help, corporations wouldn't have to be doing this for the federal governments or the state governments. Now, again, I'm not getting political when I say that. I'm telling you, that's what the way I see the mathematical argument. That's how I see A and B. That's it. But as an investor, I'm entitled to my own opinion. And my opinion is something along the lines of, 
do I really want to own Starbucks if minimum wage is be $18 an hour? Because I can pull up the financial statements of Starbucks. I can pull up the financial statements of Amazon. I can pull up the financial statements of Apple. And in the end, I'm going to make a decision based on labor costs, profitability, margins, revenue, product. And Starbucks may not make the cut. It may. Because they make a product that, I don't know, some people think should be uh, regulated caffeine. Some people need the stuff that I, I do. Got a soda right in front of me right now. Um, thank you very much for not sharing your opinions with me on that. So $18 an hour. Later this week, we're going to get JP Morgan and Morgan Stanley kicking off second quarter bank earnings on Thursday. Weak mortgage lending numbers and a dearth of capital markets activity will be scrutinized as rising rates, marketability, volatility, tame the appetite to do transactions. I'm in that kind of mode right now. I bought a home last year. It's been slowly furnishing it through the year. And I don't think I've said this to my spouse, but if she said, should we do anything? I'd probably like go, no, just move my head back and forth. Let's just sit for a while and appreciate. And that's not exactly the war type attitude that you need to be cutthroat. So we're getting PepsiCo today. Tomorrow we get CPI. Thursday, we get at big banks. One step closer to solving the riddle on how this plays out. The riddle on how this plays out is COVID-19. When we are forced to sit at home, many of us become game realtors. Many of us change careers. The riddle is while we stayed home, there wasn't much of a federal plan that felt cohesive. We've gone from two presidents during the COVID regime now, one that was super secretive and one that is throwing a lot of money at the problem and it doesn't seem to be going away. We have a new strain that's hitting pretty hard and we've learned, don't look at the number of infections, look at the number of hospitalizations. And so far that's doing okay, but it's rising again because of this new strain. What we don't want is me talking about this in a month. Oh yeah, schools are going back to Zoom. Every mother who's just listened to the show just just pooped their pants a little bit of anger. Just, he did not say that. We're not going back to Zoom. I know, I know, I know. But look for little clues right now. Um, Macau is shut down. There was some BBC footage last night from Macau and the streets. And it's empty. It's a ghost town. China does shutdowns right. China does shutdowns like zombie apocalypse movies. No one's on the street. But Pepsi gave us a little bit of a global view today that in the end, everything's going to be all right. Dorito chips and Gatorade drinks are going to be drank and fizzy sodas are going to be consumed. They said, yeah, the Russia-Ukraine war is very problematic. They took a big hit. They reported a $1.17 billion charge for the quarter in the wake of the Kremlin's invasion of the neighboring country. Pepsi said it was pausing sales in Russia except for some essential items like baby formula baby formula who knew we'd ever see a shortage in baby formula the Gerber baby is now looking a little bit how shall we say ribby Frito-Lay North America's organic revenue rose 14% as sales of Cheetos and Dritos grow now again less volume more money 
but they have a lot of product. I like Pepsi for a long-term patient income investor who also wants a little exposure to growth. Pepsi's organic growth revenue grew 10%, um, higher than the forecast expectations of 8%. That's good. Amazon's quietly developing a cancer vaccine in partnership with Fred Hutchinson. What's interesting is Amazon is going to be contributing scientific and machine learning expertise, and they could expand this with other companies in the future. I kind of like this idea until it goes evilly wrong on a sci-fi show like Westworld or evilly wrong. And what do we do with this kind of financial data? Who gets it, the rich or the poor or all? But Amazon's been slowly growing their product categories. It sounds like another company to me. Who do you think it sounds like when they're getting into in-house diagnostics, health tracking device, online pharmacy service, primary care business? It does kind of sound like Apple, right? Where Apple is 50% of their revenue is from the phone. And they're almost embarrassed by that. And I, I know they're not embarrassed in any way, shape, or form. But when you listen to the conference calls right now that come out of Apple, they're really talking about our iconic Mac has been revitalized. We have our own processors. We got this CarPlay platform that we showed at the World uh, Developers Conference. We're working on credit cards, digital payment, financial services, games, music, video. Amazon's doing the same thing, but slightly different, right? And they're both kind of sticking to their core. We can get it to you. Business model. We can build an Apple Watch ecosystem. Amazon's, I like what I'm seeing there. Again, will they spin off their healthcare unit down the road? Probably. But Amazon wouldn't be the stock that it is today if they didn't start getting into Amazon Web Services from sending you a DVD or a book. They're like, we got to get into some other businesses and we got this really expensive website. So why don't we in-house start developing our own website? and our own web services. And then we can start licensing this technology out and the space and this, this leasing it out to other companies. And Amazon Web Services did quite well for Amazon because they had the courage to branch out. One of the biggest questions I ever get is, will I ever have enough to retire? And I'm going to tell you, it is a moving target at this point in time. I think working with a financial planner is important. I'm meeting with my financial planner this week. One of the things that I noticed inside my portfolio yesterday, I was doing a little bit of work, um, is I'm not down as much as I thought I would be in my stocks. In fact, I was pleasantly surprised. And I started looking at how I did this, and I started looking at how many dividends that had been issued in the last six months that bought more shares. How many dividends that have been issued in the last six years that had bought more shares? And because of this, my money keeps making more money. So my shares of Apple, if they pay a 1% dividend, it's less than that right now. But if they did, if I'm getting one more percent every year, my 100,000 share positions, 101,000, right? Or something like that. And the next year, that 100,000 makes another 1%. And that 1% makes 1%. And now you ha it starts to compound and giving time that's very, very attractive because that money from year one, that dividend is still making money 30 years later when you're getting it in uh, interest on your dividends. 
not telling you what to do, but I reinvest my dividends. I think that's a big issue. You know, when I got in this industry in the 1990s, there was a big newsletter, newsletter that you had to call and pay for called the Dividend Reinvestor Plan, a drip plan. And what you could do, this is crazy to even think about. You could sign up like $30 a year to be an employee of Coca-Cola. You weren't really an employee, but you were able to buy the shares of Coca-Cola out of a monthly check. You would send them the money. They would send you the shares. Dividend reinvestments are not a bad thing. Consider it in your wealth accumulation years. But also you have to start thinking about your wealth management years and how you disperse it. That's what my call is later this week with my financial planner who works at EP Wealth. You can find me at robblackshow.com. If you need a referral to an EP Wealth financial planner, I know Stephanie Richmond, Chad Burton have teams that can help you in the Bay Area. Drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.